This is Recognize, a podcast about the NHL's black and biracial hockey heroes, proudly supported by eBay Canada. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Sean Brown was born in Oshawa, Ontario in 1976. Following a successful run in the OHL, he moved to the NHL playing for the Edmonton Oilers, the Boston Bruins, New Jersey Devils, and Vancouver Canucks. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Sean Brown and uh, told us stories of the um, black players he looked up to that grew up in Oshawa. Dale Craigwell was one player who was successful Oshawa general and went on to play for the San Jose Sharks. Sean also shares in this episode his love for memorabilia, some of the collectibles he shared, displays in his house, and cherishes from his years in the NHL. So I'm sure you'll look forward to listening to this episode. Hi, Sean. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the My Hockey Hero podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited. Just to uh, get started off, I've got a photo here of your rookie card with the Edmonton Oilers. And yep. uh, I just want you to comment on what's, what this means to you, seeing this rookie card is from 1996. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think every kid's dream is obviously to make it to the NHL. You know, being a young Canadian kid playing hockey that, you know, collected cards and looked at hockey players as a little bit of a hero. Um, when I got my first card, I was really excited. Um, that's one of the other dreams that I had was was to actually have one. So, you know what, I remember the day actually getting one and having to sign one for a fan. I, I you know, you never really know exactly, you know, if you're going to get one, when you're going to get one. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was walking into the rink one day and, and this young kid asked me if I would sign a card and, and um, you know, I couldn't help but you know, look at it and take a second and talk to the kid about it. And, you know, I think it's one of every hockey player's dreams. It must be a special feeling. And do you have to remember where that photo was taken? Um, <clears throat> I don't know exactly where the photo was taken. I think you can kind of see there's a different kind of a background. There was one, uh, I think it was taken actually in Edmonton. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was upper deck. It was kind of, yeah, it's a big deal. It's exciting. I, you know, obviously still, you know, I have one of every card that I oh, that I ever had. Yeah, so it's neat. Yeah, and then other um, guests on the show have talked to us about that signing. So, how often do you get requests from someone that sends you the self-addressed stamp to sign the card? Does that happen very often to you? <laughs> quite a few. Quite, you know, when I was playing, obviously, um, you know, we had a mailbox in the dress room, and obviously, some guys got more mail than others. But at the odd time, I did get some mail, and it was exciting to kind of you know, read over the letter of, you know, why somebody was, was sending it to you. And, you know, some people had more of a story than others, but, uh, you know, now, you know, it's been quite a while since I played in the NHL. Um, you know, the odd time I'll get some mail here and there, which is kind of cool to me. Um, you know, I got two kids, I have an 18 year old and a 16 year old. And obviously my son went through that phase too, where he was collecting cards and getting autographs and stuff like that. So, um, I think it's exciting for every kid. It's nice to know that, um, you know, mail is returned by professional athletes. I don't think people, many people know that side of things that, you know, the customer relations and, and people being reciprocating. 
you know, what it is to be idolized, right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's important that, um, and I think every hockey player before, you know, they made it to be a professional and in, in any sport profession that they choose is to realize, and they all, we all started somewhere, um, and we were all fans of the game and still fans of the game. So, um, that means a lot to, to all the athletes. You know, I obviously played with some guys that were some pretty big names. And like I said, uh, you know, guys, depending on their popularity, I guess, would get more mail than others. And, you know, to see those guys that were stars, uh, you know, go through the mail personally and, you know, sign it, take time to read it, you know, it's just kind of a credit to the character of, of who they are, um, you know, because quite often they got so much mail that it pretty, it'd be pretty easy just to kind of let it go. But the importance that they put on that and understanding that that was probably them on the other side at one point um, and, and, you know, taking the time to do that is cool. And I, I couldn't imagine the excitement that those kids must feel um, on the other side when it, when it does get returned. Um, I'm sure it's pretty special. Yeah. So I just want to see if you can take us back with your early uh, upbringing. And I believe you were born in Oshawa, Ontario. And I don't know how much time you spent there. Maybe you can sort of tell us about what it was life growing up in your, your household in Oshawa. And uh, when did you first start getting into skating and hockey? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I grew up in Oshawa. I probably started hockey around five. It was, you know, something that, you know, it was in our family. My dad grew up playing hockey. Um his brother, my uncle, Vernon, um, was quite a hockey player, I guess, when he was growing up, was uh, fortunate enough to get some opportunities, you know, to play junior, never did play junior, but had opportunities to, to play. Um, so yeah, hockey was kind of, you know, something that we grew up, you know, watching Hockey Night in Canada, following the Toronto Maple Leafs, like everyone does in Toronto. And, um, you know, Oshawa is a great, it was a small town. They had, you know, the Oshawa Generals, which has obviously a rich history uh, with the amount of, you know, players that have went through that organization. And, you know, I, I probably have to give a lot of credit to the street that I grew up on. We grew up on the street. Uh, you know, we had a couple schools, you know, on either side of our, of our street, basically. And, you know, the, the amount of young families that moved in and the amount of kids that, we're in our neighborhood. Um, we played a lot of hockey, played a lot of road hockey. I lived in a house that had a, a ravine uh, in the back. So we were always, you know, playing on the ravine, you know, just trying to, trying to, it wasn't necessarily just hockey. It was obviously hockey, a lot of hockey in the winter, baseball in the summer, tin can cricket, basketball. Um, but I really think the environment that I grew up in with the amount of kids on our street, I think really helped me find the passion and love for, for sports. Yeah, it really speaks to the importance of play. And also when you're talking about the ravine and, and mm -hmm. ice and access to other friends and their passion, I guess, for sports and, and also that access to hockey. And you also talked about your, uh, your relatives playing hockey. So I guess you had a lot, a lot of conditions to kind of steer you that way if, it, if it's something you wanted to do. Yeah, I think, like I said, my, my dad <clears throat> played house league, um, you know, so it's not like he was a a high-end player he was just you know really enjoyed the game really passionate and like any anyone that's uh you know uh, any young kid looks up to their their parents their dad and you know I'm, I'm sure that was something that obviously would have motivated me and then having an uncle that was into hockey and hearing some of the stories you know about him and 
the opportunities that he got. It was all a little bit of fuel. And, and like you said, having, you know, a number of kids that just, you know, you can walk out your front door and boom, you're in a game, right? There was this constant, you know, uh, kids coming and going and opportunity and and then having two older brothers. I'm the youngest. I have a brother, uh, Ryan, who's a year older than me. And I have a brother, Lamont. Lamont, <clears throat> my oldest brother, didn't play sports as much as uh, me and my brother, Ryan. But, you know, having having two older brothers and, and one that was, you know, so close in age is another reason that, you know, probably helped me along to, you know, the younger brother having to try and keep up to the to the older brother and and being around those kids and, and to be able to get into games and have opportunities was probably, you know, something that motivated me and helped push me to try and be better to play against kids a little bit older than you. Yeah. So for listeners that don't know, Oshawa is located kind of in the uh, auto region, a really strong middle-class, working-class region surrounded by other working-class regions and does seem to produce a lot of athletes, particularly when it comes to hockey for sure. Um, sometimes it's lacrosse. Uh, I know the Whitby area draws on some athletes as well too. So tell, tell us about your experience. I assume you played rep hockey growing up in Oshawa. Is that where you, you spent your time? Yeah, Oshawa was was uh, known for producing, you know, a lot of really good hockey players. Um, you know, some that obviously made it to the NHL, and some made it, and maybe weren't as big as some names as others, and some, you know, had great um, junior careers. So, one of the minor hockey rinks that I played at was Children's Arena. That was kind of the main one of the main rinks that I played at, and I thought it was really cool that the Oshawa minor hockey system had pictures of former players that you know had played at least a game you know and there was terry o'reilly hank nowak brian greaves um dale craigwell there was just there was a lot and and so i just remember uh walking into the rink and you know every time you had to go down to the dressing room you had to pass these photos and um you know so just looking at those photos and thinking wow you know i if I could get to the NHL and play one game, I would be able to get up on that wall and potentially, you know, kids get to look at me. And so that was, that was honestly really motivating for me. Um, but I guess getting back to, to minor hockey and the youth hockey and the amount of volunteers and the people that put in the time knowing what it takes as I've had a son go through it, it was a great experience for me. Um, you know, I had really, really good coaches, um, really good teammates that obviously, you know, for me to get to where I am, <clears throat> was very fortunate to be around, you know, and so they were, no, Oshawa was kind of known for producing, you know, good coaches, good players, having a competitive, you know, system, but it's not like I stepped right into AAA hockey, I mean, you know, I I started off in house league. I think everyone has their own path. Some kids make it right into AAA and, and away they go. Uh, mine was a little bit slower, uh, starting off in a house league, like I said, and then kind of playing in the little NHL, they called it. Um, did that for, for probably a couple of years and, and then was fortunate enough around probably Pee Wee to, to make the AAA mainstream hockey. And, you know, obviously it's a, you know, that's a bigger commitment and, time and, and money and it was awful uh you know that's where you count on your parents I, you know i know they sacrificed a lot of time and money to 
to put me in that sport, knowing that I got two older brothers that were active and busy in their program. So um, it's a big commitment. And um, with that commitment, you know, you rely on a lot of other teammates and parents and, you know, we had a carpool and find, find ways to, to make it work. And you think back to your minor hockey days and the relationships, you know, that you, and the friendships that you have, the, the, the parents and those relationships to me are just as exciting when, when I go back home and a lot of the families are still there and you get to see them. I do enjoy going back home and I really do enjoy going back and seeing some of the families that have stayed and, you know, just kind of reminiscing. It's nice for you to share that experience about this uh, community that's built around hockey. And I know there's communities in other sports, but it always seems to be a bit more unique in hockey because of the time you spend in the arena. And hearing a former NHL player talk about a similar experience that, that myself and others experienced, just the fact that we grew up playing minor hockey, really doesn't matter what level, but typically the, the traveling teams, you do spend more time. And to still have that lifelong experience doesn't make matter whether you made the NHL or not, it's sort of that, just that grounding of all the other skills you get from being part of the experience. Yeah, it's hockey's unique. Uh, you know, obviously I played baseball um, and hockey was, is just a different beast in itself. Like it doesn't matter whether you played it through the, you played in the NHL or what level you got to, there's something that brings you together um, when you play hockey and, you know, like I said, I, I live out in Edmonton, but, you know, I try to get back as much as I can. My kids are busy. But when I do get back, whether I played with someone in House League or the Little NHL or AAA, there's a bond, there's a connection. And, you know, when I run into those people, it's it's reminiscing. It's just, it's amazing. I, I love it. And, you know, we all put our kids, you know, in a sport, you know, not necessarily hoping that they're going to, you know, make it to the highest level. I mean, if it's the kid's dream, we all want to support that. Um, but there's so many benefits. There's so many benefits to playing the game and the relationships and the friendships that, you know, we're talking about is, you know, they're lifelong and you don't, you know, life takes us a lot of different ways and everyone gets busy, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a real connection when you're spending all that much time, um, together and, um, you know, and I think sometimes, especially now, I think sometimes that can be lost a little bit, to be honest with you. Even at the NHL level, I, you know, everyone is kind of spread out and you don't see everyone, but every once in a while, there'll be a reunion somewhere. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you don't see these guys for years. And then all of a sudden you see them and it's just like yesterday. Yeah. You, you pick up where you left off, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Dale Craigwell um, and that representation piece because, um, He's slightly uh, one or two years younger than me. If I remember his uh, career and success, having uh, been playing at Oshawa General and then um, playing for the expansion team, San Jose Sharks. We're hoping we can track him down some point in time to be part of our project here as well in terms of recognizing players. Uh, but that really kind of speaks to an inclusionary piece that you would have noticed at that point in time um, looking up to him. Yeah, you know what? Because we played in uh, the Oshawa minor hockey system before he made it to major junior. Um, and then obviously, like you said, he got some games in San Jose. It was, you know, I kind of watched his career a little bit. And, um, you know, he he had a great uh, a great career. Um, I think he still lives in the Oshawa area. And I'll, I would love to hear his story. So I'm, I'll try and help you uh, track down that contact. But, 
but yeah, those guys, it's amazing the role you play in someone's life without even knowing it. Um, you know, and, uh, I would like to hear his story. Um, you know, because I don't get back, I don't, I don't get to see him, but you know, he was a really talented hockey player and, and, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, he's someone else that, you know, you could look up to, he probably doesn't even know the impact that he had on no. himself and from, and probably others. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you may have the answer to this, um, Freddie Brathwaite, someone else as well, who I know played for the generals on that team. I think that went to the Memorial Cup for the listeners to know. I think both Dale Craigwell and Freddie Brathwaite was goalie on that team as yeah. well. So again, you talk about if, if, if I saw it from where I was, I can only imagine what it would be like being in Oshawa at that point in time and being someone from a racialized background, seeing both those players. Yeah, you know, Oshawa, you know, the civic, I remember the old Civic Auditorium. It was, it was rocking back then too. Like, you know, they did win the Memorial Cup. Um, they had great players, Lindros being one of them that, you know, kind of, I don't want to say got him back, got him on the map or got him back on the, I'd say back on the map, but, you know, he was, he was probably the, the player at my generation that was kind of, you know, the Bobby Orr, the next guy that, brought a lot of brought a lot of attention there and you know because of where i was playing i had access to get into a lot of those games and and you know so yeah it's cool i mean freddie was another you know great athlete very good oshawa general went on to have a, a great career and still involved in the game today yeah. um you know living out in edmonton and being part of the oilers alumni and being around the rink a little bit um i get to see him uh every so often and you know, he's just, he's a great guy. Um, you know, I've, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about him. I think he carries himself very well and represents the game. And, you know, it's good to see him in the game having success. Yeah, it's just, just need to be uh, for you to share you being part of that experience as a young person looking up to those guys when they had that ride. So, for sure. Now, can you take us now from your success in Oshawa to how you end up uh, being drafted, I assume, to the Oshawa? Sorry, Belleville Bowl. So, so tell us about uh, yeah. did you get drafted uh, and how that your experience uh, went uh, leading up to that year when you landed with the Belleville Bulls. Yeah, so i I played um, played in Bantam. Um, it's a little bit of a story, but I, I was pretty good. There was there was a lot of really good players on our team, and you know, so one of the things that uh, Oshawa did that was really neat was they would give kids opportunities to play and try out for, you know, the generals or the Oshawa Legionnaires junior B team. And, um, so anyway, there was, there was a few kids that were picked that were really good. Uh, my dad actually, I think to be honest with you, probably gave me my biggest break. And the fact that I wasn't one of those kids that was on the list to get an opportunity. And, um, so he happened to know a guy, my dad's big in the music and likes to sing. And there was a local bar not far from our house. So, uh, one of the guys that uh, was in the band um, was involved with the Legionnaires, the junior B team. And so my dad went up to him and, and they were having a conversation and, you know, he was like, Hey, listen, like my dad, my son's got some pretty good stats and, you know, is there, is there an opportunity, you know, is there any way he can get an opportunity as well? And I'm sure they probably drank enough that he convinced them <laughs> for the opportunity. And, and I got it. And I think, you know, it, I guess every kid needs a break, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of Sidney Crosby's or Connor McDavid's out there. And I definitely wasn't, I, I wasn't one and, and I just needed someone to, to give me a break. And my dad did that. And this guy gave me an opportunity. And so I went to the junior B team and 
wind up having, a, I guess, a really good camp, you know, was involved in, in the game and all the different ways to get noticed. And, uh, and it just kind of happened from there. I, I think that, you know, w- when you get that opportunity, it's important that you take advantage of it. And, and I did enough that they wind up taking me uh, and uh, I made the team uh, and I was young and I skipped my midget year and, and played. And I wasn't quite the, the one thing was, is I was young and I was a tall, lanky kid. So I wasn't, I think that was probably about 150 pounds, maybe 155 or something like that. Anyway, I wasn't big enough, strong enough. And I wind up paying the price and breaking, breaking my collarbone, playing, coming back, breaking my other collarbone. So it wasn't a overly great year, but I think I did enough that somebody in that organization, Mr. Vipon, Mr. Bricknell, seen something in my game. And because it was in my backyard uh, in Oshawa, the generals um, took notice of it well uh, as well. And so <clears throat> my draft year, without playing a lot of games, I was lucky enough to get drafted in the sixth round. I thought I was going to go to Oshawa because of the relationship and how close the Junior B Legionnaire team was with the Oshawa Generals. Um, but I wind up getting picked by uh, the Belleville Bulls in the sixth round and, you know, just just kind of kept chipping away at it. I, I think, you know, I was, I think for me, I was, I had some skill and I had some ability, but it, at the time it was never quite enough to make, make the jump. But there was other things about my game, my willingness to physically, I guess, get involved. And, you know, at that time fighting was a, played a bigger part in the game than, than what it does now. Uh, and so I had that skill set that, you know, kind of kept me in the conversation and gave me second and third opportunities. And so, yeah, I just, you know, wound up getting drafted, going to camp and, and having a good camp. And Larry Mavity, who was a hard-nosed coach and player himself back in the day, recognized that. And, you know, they decided to keep me and affiliate me with their junior B team. And I just kept chugging away and, you know, doing things to kind of get in the coach's good books that, you know, other guys weren't willing to do. And I didn't. I didn't ask you earlier. Were you a defenseman all the way through? Is this how you, um, this position you were playing when you went for uh, the uh, junior B team? Uh, you know what? I think I got switched in body contact in Pee Wee. I was a forward. Uh, I was a forward, and for whatever reason, uh, I think it was Mister Mister Sierra Vince Sierra uh, who coached me for a few years. I played with his son. Um, for whatever reason, him or someone else on the coaching staff thought I'd be a better defenseman. I think it was because at that time in Peewee, you know, with hitting and the physical part, I think that was kind of something that kind of came natural to me. Um, And so they put me back on defense and, you know, and there you go. I was a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was a good move by, you know, why he did it. I have no idea. He didn't ask. Parents didn't ask. Uh, you just do what you do what you're told, kind of. Yeah. So it looks like you played regular, um, like you made the team from Wellington to Belleville. Played in 1993 with Belleville, 1994, 1995. Um, tell us about some highlights in the the Belleville experience. Yeah, it was just you know what it was nice. It was you know the biggest thing is you know I was lucky enough to get in with a really good family, John and Lori Port. Uh, I was actually just back there this summer, Liam, their oldest got married. And so I've kept in contact with them, you know, throughout the years. And, you know, they've watched me grow. I've watched their kids grow. And, 
you know, they were such an important part of my development. And, um, you know, when you're moving away from home, it's hard at 16. And, you know, I was very lucky to get in with a, a family that cared and took care of me. And, um, you know, so that experience was great. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, quite a few steps up from minor hockey and, you know, having, you know, good players and more importantly, good veteran players and good coaching staff and people involved in the organization that are going to help you with your development and that whole experience of being away from home. I was very fortunate I, I, when I look back and, you know, I, I, we got, you know, Mark Dupuy, um, Carter, you know, the list goes on of guys that were older than me that, you know, kind of took me under their wing. Ian Keeler, uh, was a roommate that I had that, you know, had been in the league that, that just, you know, were great people and great role models and, you know, took you under your wing, like I said, and kind of showed you what the league is about and what you have to do. And, um, you know, Larry Mavity took, you know, uh, yeah, was very patient with me. Uh, I had a great defensive coach, Louis, Louis Crawford, who his family, uh, was heavily involved in all the different levels of, of hockey. Um, he was fresh coming, you know, get it out of the game, uh, with a lot of pro experience. So, you know, he was really good for me with the accountability and the expectations and, you know, it was, but it wasn't easy. It was, you know, being, I think you touched on it there. I was up and down with Wellington and, you know, playing a little bit with them and a little bit with Belleville and trying to get, you know, trying to find my game and what it takes and to, to be a major junior player. And, you know, I think I was just looking, looking for opportunities. I'm really getting a good sense of us. It takes a village to raise a child and all the way up. It seems like you're a village of support and minor hockey, um, rep hockey, OHL, the billet. It's, it's kind of a immersive experience too. That's unique to the sport of hockey. If for those players who choose to go the junior hockey route versus NCA is more popular now than it used to be. So that I appreciate you sharing all that with you because, um, whether someone makes it to NHL or not, again, it seems to be such a added value experience that uh, because there's, there's lots of ups and downs of you said, as you said, and you're playing against basically the best players in the world are all have potentially a chance to chase their dream, uh, particularly in the OHL. So that's uh, it's really something. Yeah, you know what? It's it was it was really exciting. A lot of it happened so fast. You don't have a lot of time to kind of look back and reflect. You're just always looking forward and chasing your goal and dream. And it's funny now. My son is you know on a similar path, you know, to what I was on, and he was uh, you know drafted in the WHL, and uh, he wind up signing uh, and getting a scholarship uh, NCAA, and. So he's moved out basically the same time I did as a 16 year old. He, he plays yeah. in Okotoks and you know, it's, it's funny to look back and see and watch him go through this. And he's living in a very similar situation with a very caring family with two young kids. And you know, it's exciting. It's a little hard on, on yeah. mama that didn't grow up in that environment. Sure. Um, but it's, I really, it's the best thing for you. You know, I learned, you know, you, you get the, be the benefit of both, you know, I got my family and their dynamics and how yeah. they wanted to raise me. And then I got to see another family and their, their dynamics and how they do it, you know, which all those experiences help shape you to who you are. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a built in exchange as it isn't it when, when people travel to different parts of the world uh, within your own country to get that experience. So 
Yeah. Um, so your son then, uh, you're living in Edmonton, is is the schooling, does he start the scholarship soon and he's at a like a prep school or something like that right now or is he actually in university? Nope. So he's playing, he just graduated last year. Yeah, so he's in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So okay. he, he made it as a six as as a sixteen year old. Um, yep. and so this is his actual this is his third year. So um yeah, so he got a scholarship. Um I'm hoping, you know, it was a it was a real challenge for him last year. Um, you know, or just in general living with a new family. No way. That's right. The dynamics of eating and, you know, cooking for yourself and there's a lot. You got you got all that and you gotta you know, you're playing hockey and you got the expectations and the, to be able to yep. perform. So it was a lot for him. So he I think he he's grown a lot. He he lost a little bit of weight. Um and I think, you know, he has a skill and the ability. He's kind of like my wife and I when we were younger, we struggled with weight and putting it okay. on. Um so that's the that's his biggest hurdle right now is making sure, sure he gives himself a chance by making sure he's eating and yeah. you know, putting on weight. So he's he's back up you know, to a half decent, I think he's 165. And wow. I think next year, if he can put, have a good summer or put on an extra 10 pounds, you know, that will give him an even better chance because NCAA is, you know, older, bigger, stronger, older yep. you know, so it's, it's hard to play at 145 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Basically mirroring your experience in terms of then you've ended up playing on the weight, I guess. <laughs> Later. Yeah. Well, I, you know what, I was very lucky that I had a billet family that was, you know, just as yeah. invested as I was in, in trying to make it right. And, you know, Lori, you know, was cooking endless meals for sure. me. And I remember drinking boost energy drinks and calories, yeah. you know, but you know what, your, your, our bodies are our bodies and they're not gonna, they're going to do what it, what it wants to do when it wants to do it. So, so his, um, your son's school then will be end up starting the scholarship where out west or is it Michigan Tech? Oh, great. Okay, so it'll be coming yeah. back to, out this way. <laughs> a yeah, 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 yeah. If you're enjoying Recognize and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and feeling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. I wanted to ask you then, um, you know, as you know, I, I grew up in the 70s as well, and you started to see different diversities in hockey in Canada at that point in time. You talked about this global village. Um, from from a young person up to Oshawa, can you... Can you share with us whether your experiences are positive or negative in terms of anything you may have faced with uh, racism at that point in time? Um, many guests have obviously shared there's been many supportive aspects, whether that be uh, coaches or parents that supported them. Is there anything you want to um, share with us on that topic? Yeah, you know what? My my experience was amazing. Like I said, I think Oshawa minor hockey, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, you know, Vince Sierra, uh, Lou Chuck, they were just, they were great coaches. They, you know, they, they were great to all of us. Um, I was lucky enough to have another black player that played with me. You know, our, our families, obviously, you know, we were similar and it was nice to have someone, you know, that, you know, basically, you know, that you can look at and, you know, kind of be, it's recognizable and we're in it. Um, 
because there wasn't Sharing a lot of black experiences, players. right? Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot, a lot of black players, but you know what? I, I, I have nothing but great experiences and, um, people and teammates were, were great to Peter and myself. Um, you know, when I went on the junior, I got to play with, uh, Corey Eisen, who was obviously a very, he, he was the exact same as me. Okay. Um, you know, and yeah, we, we had great experiences. I had, you know, we had another family. They were actually, their last names were the Browns and they lived oh. on our street. It was another black family. And, you know, my parents got along with them. We spent a lot of, you know, we spent time on the street with them, always chatting and, It was really good. And you were a physical player in junior hockey. Did did that lend uh, you with any challenges in terms of what people may have said to you at any point in time in those years? Or yeah, no, I probably being a physical player probably (laughs) probably helped with that. To be honest with you, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, we're. I, I don't like the odd time. Did I? Did I hear something? You know, yeah, but it was never, I, I never felt like I was in a situation where I was picked on or, or overly uncomfortable. Um, you know, when I did hear something, I was, it was, you know, kind of, you know, it was like, you're bad. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like, that's, you're bad for saying that and thinking that. I didn't look at it as a reflection of me or, or, you know, I actually looked at it like I felt sorry for them. Sure. You know, um, so, you know, but like I said, those were kind of like, they were, they were one-offs, right. Um, you know, I, I really think I had a great experience and, you know, my dad, if anything, my mom and dad and anyone that was watching me, I was so focused on the game that, you know, if anything was ever said or, you know, my parents would have heard it. Right. So I, I think, you know, my, my family's experience, um, with minor hockey, was really positive. I was lucky enough to get inducted to the Oshawa Hockey Hall of Fame. And it was amazing. It was amazing going back there as much as they were excited to see me. I I think the majority of people were more excited to see my parents, you know, because of, you know, the relationships that we talked earlier about, um, you know, where our family was treated with a ton of respect. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And sometimes that empowers um, people like yourselves that are still involved in hockey as being strong ambassadors because your experience was positive and you may not feel the weight of any negative experiences. So kind of empowers you even further to ensure that it's a positive experience for others. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of development now. That's what I do out here just outside of Edmonton and Sherwood Park is I run a lot of camps and three on three and tournaments. And, you know, I see kids of all different backgrounds, right. And, you know, it's exciting to see there, you know, as the game has grown, there's more involvement from all the different groups. Um, and, you know, I, I always, you know, I can't help but take a liking to some of the kids that you see because it reminds me of me <laughs> going through this. It's nice. I mean, you look in the league there. I mean, at one point, I think we had the most playing on one team, right? You're part of the Edmonton team, right? Yeah. 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 I think there was probably five of us, right? But now you look through the league and there's a lot of players in the league now and good players. Like, I think it was kind of funny when when I was going through it, the majority of us were kind of other than, you know, Jerome who could fight. The majority of us were kind of mucking around a little bit. I think Jerome kind of change that where he had, you know, obviously high end skill and, and toughness. Sure. Yeah. So your pro career goes from 1996 to 2010 with stops in Edmonton, Boston, New Jersey, wrap up your career in Europe, 
Um, let, let's go talk about before that the special moment of being uh, drafted by the Boston Bruins, which you end up not playing for them until later. So walk us through that experience and the, the draft day. Were you, were, were you in attendance? Did your parents get to share that experience with you on draft day? Yeah, it was nice. I, um, you know, I was lucky enough to go in the first round and it was kind of new to our family because I wasn't on really the radar. You know, I was, I was a good player, but there was always better players than me in minor hockey. And there was always better players than, than me, obviously when I got the junior. And that, um, that's not only just a draft pick, like your first round 21st overall, the 1995 entry draft. So, you know, that's more than a prospect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was just, everything happened just so fast. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're looking for an opportunity, your dad, you know, get, you know, you know, helping you get that opportunity. You're trying to take advantage of it and you're just trying to stay in the league and, you know, play games, you're affiliated up and down. And, and then all of a sudden you get some traction and, you know, back then they had uh, the hockey news and it was a paperback newspaper. And, uh, I just remember my dad, you know, showing me this, you know, they had, you know, say the top 25 or however many teams there were at that time, first round potential picks and my photo and information was on there. And then that's kind of when it was started to kind of get real. It was like, whoa, you know what, like someone's noticing what you're doing and there was more conversations and more people attending our games and, um, you know, but I didn't want to get caught up in that. You know, there was times you would drift off, but you know, if you drifted off too much and got away from, you know, why you're actually getting that attention was your play. I was always so worried it could fall apart quickly. Right. So, um, you just tried to be steady and consistent with your game. I tried to, yeah, I just tried to block it out. I tried to block it out and, you know, I was aware of it obviously. And, and, um, but I didn't want it to be a distraction. So were, were you present at the draft then? And where, where was the draft held? Yeah, they had the draft in Edmonton, oh, uh, where I, where I, yeah, where yeah, I live yeah. now, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, my brothers and my parents we were able to go down there and it was a pretty cool experience to, to go, you know, in the first round, obviously the first round, you know, was on TV. Uh, so, you know, people back home could, could watch and um, it was, it was neat. And then to go to your first camp and to actually, you know, see the guys that you actually grew up playing road hockey and idolizing and pretending to be um, to now being on the ice was, you know, it was, it was a neat moment you had, but you had to, you had to get over it. You had to quickly get over being a fan to being like, whoa, this is, this is a job or could potentially be a job. There's expectations. And, you know, when I went to Boston, it was, it was, you know, the old garden was just being torn down. Uh, They're still doing some tours of it and stuff like that. But our, our, our uh, training camp was in Wilmington, their practice facility. But I was such a fan that um, when my parents actually came down and watched my first training camp and after each skate, I would go to the sports store and pick up, you know, eight by 10 photos of Adam okay. Oates or Cam Neely or Bork or whoever. Uh, and I would get these photos signed and I was asking for sticks and it was almost like a fan was led into the dressing room and was <laughs> practicing with these guys. And, and I remember, you know, Adam Oates and different guys being like, Hey man, like, listen, like, no problem signing this, but you know, one day you're actually going to play here, you know? And, you know, I was just in such awe that I was like, well, you know what, in the meantime, I'm going to collect autographs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually still have, you know, Cam Neely stick and all those photographs and you can't really, you can't see it right now. I've actually, you know, we renovated our basement, but I used to have a lot of the photos and stuff up, but uh, I've changed it up, but I have a lot of the stuff out uh, sticks and jerseys and, you know, with my son being young and, and growing up and playing mini sticks and having his buddies over, they would all, you know, play with it, touch it and feel it. And I thought that was important because, you know, I was a fan and these kids are fans and, you know, I didn't necessarily want to put it in frames and put it in areas where you, you know, you couldn't touch it, you know, like the, the value of it meant nothing to me, but you know, what it could do for the kids as far as inspiring them to, to go after their dream was way more important. So I let the kids touch it and do whatever they want with it. Yeah, it sounds like you were welcome to as a rookie into that environment in terms of support with your experience with, with uh, Boston. And then, then what what lended uh, to you being? Uh, assume you got traded, I guess. Want to tell us about yeah. how you ended up going to Edmonton? Yeah, so I thought I had a, I had a good camp in Boston and played some exhibition games, and um, but I was sent back to junior, and um, you know the uh, yeah there was obviously you know just being a prospect. Um, Edmonton and Boston and always they're trying to strengthen their teams and figure out where they're at. I got traded uh, with uh, Marius Tchaikovsky, um to Edmonton for uh, Bill Ranford. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I remember getting phone calls, you know, and from the media asking how I felt. And to be honest with you, there was not other than me being drafted and going to one training camp and, you know, there was not, you know, it's not like I played there or had some relationships there. So for me, I was just happy to be a part of a trade and to be going to a, another team that, that wanted me. Um, you know, I, I wasn't in a position to think any other way, had to focus on developing my game and working on my game, but it was cool, obviously to be traded for, for a goalie of Bill Ranford's status and, you know, I was going to another rich organization with a lot of history. Uh, I'm looking at your uh, player history here, and you started with Edmonton in 1996. Um, you played with Hamilton Bulldogs not too far from where I live here in Burlington. But tell us about that first experience then playing NHL for Edmonton. Do you recall where that was when you played for the Oilers in 1996? Yeah. Your first NHL game? Yeah. Um, I was called up, played in Edmonton, uh, played against Colorado, which back then was a pretty stacked team, right? With Forsberg, Sackett, Patty Wall, uh, a lot of Hall of Fame hockey players. Just, I mean, they wind up winning the Stanley Cup, obviously, years later, but that was, you know, the start of their success. So, yeah, I was, you know, I, I played a little bit in the minors, um, and I was called up a few different times. And like I said, I played in Hamilton. Hamilton was a great, a great spot. We had a great team. We had a really, really tough team played with George LaRock, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, yeah. you know, and it was nice. I wasn't that far away from home. So, um, the jump from major junior to, to pro was another gigantic step to, you know, get the understanding of what it's actually like to be a pro and to play like a pro and pro habits and the expectations, but we had a good, good coach and a good group of guys. And yeah, when I got that call um, to go up, it was just, you know, just like every other kid, just, just excited and awe to, you know, to play you know, on the ice with these, you know, hall of fame players now. And um, 
but you, you know, it's, it's once again, you quickly got to put all that aside and, you know, you're playing for keeps, but you know, it's. And tell me again, who the, who was the game against and where was it? Uh, it was in Edmonton against Colorado. I actually have the game sheet. I have the game sheet. Oh yeah. I got the game sheet right behind me there. So, okay. um, yeah. you know, that was one thing when I played is, you know, there's always, I'm still a fan. Um, and so I collected the game sheet. I was just a big collector, to be honest with you, growing up. Sure. Yeah. Um, and living on a street, like I said, that I had lots of families because of the, the area with the schools. There was always, you know, a, a turnover of, of young families that lived there. And my parents, like I said, we pretty much lived in one house. I was collecting a lot of stuff for my parents to give out to these young kids, oh, yeah, young nice. kids on our street and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Did you say it was Forsberg you played against? Forsberg. Yeah. Forsberg, Sackick, yeah. Foot. Okay. Yeah. Lots, yeah. lots of good, defense, lots of good players. So what's your recollection then of your success in that first game then? Did you? Well, just that I got through it. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you get lots of playing time? Yeah. I think, you know what, for, you know, I probably played, I would say probably 12 to, to 15 minutes, you know, like it wasn't like I yeah. just sat there. I mean, that was, you know, that was pretty lucky not only to play, but to be given an opportunity to play. I do remember playing against Forsberg and thinking and remembering how tough he was, not in a sense of like, say, George LaRocque or some of the okay. heavyweights in the league, but just how competitive and how strong he was on his skates and how physical he was. Yeah. Like, I don't think people really associate some of the skilled players as being as, as physical as what they can and are, you know, like he finished it. He almost, I remember he almost knocked me over the boards when he finished his check. And I, I wasn't expecting that from a, from a superstar. Yeah. So Sean, you should be commended on your longevity here. Once you land with Edmonton, because you're, you know, you're playing um, solid minutes and games. There may be a few injuries here and there, I assume, but between 1998 and 2003, a good long stretch in the NHL with Edmonton, then then you're back to Boston. So what are some of the highlights in that period that you'd like to share with us between Edmonton, Boston, and, and New Jersey? Some of the highlights of playing? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously getting your first goal, I, I know that was against Montreal, against Jeff Hackett. I mean, um, okay. that's exciting. Playing against you know, your team that you idolized growing up, the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, playing against you know, um, them, but then playing against them in the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, right? I, you know, we didn't have a ton of opportunity to go to too many Toronto Maple Leaf games, but there was the odd time that my dad did get some tickets and, and we did go. So, you know, to be honest with you, coming to Toronto, staying at the, uh, what is it? The York Hotel down by the train station there. Yeah. And knowing I was going to be on the ice of a rink that I was in as a kid, it still gives me goosebumps. You know, it, it's actually funny when I played against them, I could barely sleep. And I like to get, I like to get to the rink. You have to be there two hours early, but I could spend all day at the rink. So I, I would go there quite often four hours early. And my wife was always like, where are you going? And I was just like, oh, I just, I just like sitting at the rink, having a coffee and, you know, chit chatting with the trainers and stuff. But anyway, um, I wasn't sleeping all that well in the afternoon. So I thought I would, I, and I wanted to walk to the rink cause I wanted to get the sensation and the feeling of what it was like as a kid, you know, to walk. And now I'm actually, you know, going to play in this rink and I'm walking there as a player. And it was such an amazing feeling to walk and see the garden, 
that I had to do it again. So I took a cab back <laughs> and walked again to the rink <laughs> just because it was just an aha moment. And, um, you know, I got there and you get, you know, changed into your underwear and, you know, every, obviously everyone tapes their stick and, you know, gets their equipment ready and just sitting out in the, you know, underneath Harold Ballard's, uh, little, uh, office there right. and, you know, taping my stick and no one's in the building basically, but me. And I got the whole Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens building to myself. And I'm just, I'm, sure. I'm looking around. I'm, I'm kind of remembering, you know, from, from when I was a kid, some of the areas I sat and just thinking, wow, I, I'm going to be on this ice. I don't even know how to describe that feeling. Um, but that was, you know, that was a big moment for me there playing against Wendell Clark, you know, playing against a guy like Bob Probert, um, you know, there's this being able to travel, right. Being able to see these cities, spend time in these cities, enjoy, you know, nice restaurants and the nightlife. And, you know, it's, it's a dream. It, aside from the pressure, it's almost getting your retirement before you start work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the experience of travel. Hockey has just been, um, you know, if you're fortunate enough to play at, at any level, to be honest with you, whether you make it to the NHL or American League or East Coast or, you know, one of the most amazing things I did was finish my career over in Europe. Like, you know, to be able to travel the world, you know, to play a game um, has brought so many experiences and opportunities for me, my wife, my kids, you know, just very, you know, very thankful. We got friends all over you know, now the world now that I've played over in Europe, um, you know, and it's just, you know, my kids were lucky enough that to share, we shared those experiences together and, you know, it just, it opens up your eyes. Um, and to be able to do it when you're young and healthy, it was well worth it. It wasn't easy <laughs> for sure. And there was, no, a, no. it was a grind in that time, you know, just like anything you, you question, you know, you question it sometimes, but you know, as I look back now, I'm just very thankful. I mean, like my wife is, you know, I would have never met my wife if I didn't live out here in Edmonton. So, you know, yeah. I got the most important things. So um, just a few more things before we wrap up, maybe you can let our listeners know um, what you're up to right now on uh, your post hockey life. It's been for a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I was done, like, you know, we finished off over in Europe and, and my kids were young. It was nice because, you know, school wasn't a big issue because they were so young. And because of the schedule, we, you know, we were able to travel to, you know, we've seen so many, we, that's all we did was just play a little bit of hockey and traveled. And, and we had an amazing experience and we were all together for it. You were in Austria, right? Germany and Austria. Yeah. And yeah, so, right. and so, yeah. so yeah, my wife and I, we just, that's all we did was just we we're just always traveling. Um, and so we have so many great memories and my kids have great experiences through that. And so then when I was done, um, I took a little bit of time to be honest with you. I think I probably took at least a year, um, you know, of just kind of getting my son was just starting minor hockey and just getting involved in the community and getting to know people. And, you know, obviously the oil industry is, is the industry out last here. And, I, I've had a bunch of opportunities to get into that and I decided to do, um, get into sales and, um, it was good. I really liked it and great people. And I was very fortunate to have the opportunity, but as my son was in hockey and I was running camps, um, and my job was basically in Calgary, my wife's like, why don't you just, why don't you just quit your job and, 
and run camps. And I was kind of like, yeah. Uh. Um, so I did. And then it just, it, it, to be honest with you, it just, our, we created a business and it just kind of grew and it started from one camp to like, you know, now we, we probably do less camps and we do more like three on three tournaments. We run spring 25 spring hockey teams. We kind of, with her help grew it into uh, a business. And, you know, because my son was playing, it was nice. I got to spend a lot of time with them on the ice and with development. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, that's what I'm still doing. Uh, didn't think I'd be doing it this long and be, be this big, but you know, I very fortunate that people are very passionate about hockey. Um, you know, with my son, you know, having an opportunity to play junior and further his career, it's hard for these kids to, to get somewhat of a normal job, you know, because their priority and their focus is kind of on ice and off ice and, you know, jobs are, are, you know, makes it hard for them. So it's nice that him and his friends now are at an age where they can actually help me and, and give back and see what it's like to, to coach kids and, you know, relate to kids. Um, so I'm really, you know, it's been nice. I was involved with him helping him and now he's involved with me helping others. It's reciprocal. Yeah. yeah. So with this involvement, then are, are you optimistic about the future of hockey and things we were talking before about the, the inclusion and opportunities for people in Canada and U United States um, from different backgrounds? Yeah. I mean, the NHL has done, I think, a good job. I think they're, you know, committed to, you know, growing the game and doing an even better job. They've got the program, the inclusion program now um, to bring awareness to it. Um, you know, and are you seeing things at your level at the minor hockey level? Are you optimistic about actions at that level? I think, I mean, hockey's it's, it's a tough sport in a sense that it, it costs a lot of money, right? It's not, you know, it's not for everyone based on that alone, right? I mean, there's still, there's programs out there to help subsidize and help families in need, but it's more magnified now isn't oh, it, than ever before than when you grew up. A stick is $400. It's, it's outrageous. You know, the, the cost, you know, and, um, but I think, you know, knowing I work for the minor hockey association, my son was with and knowing what we offer and the programs we offer for families that can't afford it. You know, there are programs out there, um, to make it easier, but it's not, it's, it's not easy for any family. Um, but I think the opportunities, you know, that the NHL are creating and the awareness and, you know, there's, there's more players for myself and others to look at now and think, wow, you know, like I had, you know, Tony McKegney and, uh, Grant Fuhrer and That's right. Val Jane, like all these players that I can look up to. Well, there's even more now. Right. Um, you know, so, and the, and the NHL does a good job of marketing them, right. They have, you know, the, the mobile, uh, bus United by hockey, United, right. you know, and Kwame's doing a, a, a great job at promoting and growing that. So, um, it's, yeah, I, I think it's on the right track. Um, you know, I think the league has brought a lot of awareness. Unfortunately, you're going to have some incidents that have popped up in the last couple of years, but you know, I think we've done a good job of turning a negative into a positive. Okay. Um, so wrapping up, uh, Sean, what advice would you give to a young player playing hockey today? What advice would I give? Um, just enjoy the, I, I guess, enjoy the journey and, 
have a goal, have a dream, go for it. Enjoy the people around it and enjoy the life lessons around sports in general. You know, it's not just about making it to the NHL. It's, it's about, you know, being a good teammate, being a coachable kid, um, you know, learning the lessons of the sport about accountability, respect, hard work. It, and you don't have to be perfect either. It's amazing that if anyone knew me and how imperfect I was off the ice, on the ice and with my skill set, like it's, it's possible if, if you really want it. Um, surround yourself around, you know, good people. Um, that's important and make good choices. It's available to you as much as it's available to anyone else. Well, thanks for sharing that advice with us. You certainly, um, hearing your journey and like you say, it was not a, a perfect line in terms of you entering hockey as a triple A player and all the way, you know, there's lots of uh, hurdles and development along the way. Um, and such, such a, an interesting story for the the community around you that sort of gave you access to sports and let you thrive in hockey. And I really appreciate hearing your experiences about the, uh, the your reflections you've had along the way about the artifacts and really appreciating the experiences you had um, in something that's extremely difficult to do for someone to even play just one NHL game. But you had a lot of longevity, a lot of experiences along the way. So look, look forward to uh, seeing the impact that you're going to have influencing hockey. I think you've got a long career at that. That's left. I'm really pleased to hear things are going well with your programs. Well, thanks a lot, Dean. I really appreciate you. It took a while for us to kind of connect and get this going, but I really appreciate it. And, you know, you bringing the awareness and giving guys a platform and an opportunity to kind of share their story. And that's what it's all about. So um, really appreciate the time and good luck to you too. And I will try and track down... Uh, dale's contact information for you and if there's others as well um i'd like to help you because i think it's important for everyone everyone's got a story yeah i appreciate your support in that and uh i look looking forward to uh connecting with you sometime if i'm out in edmonton as well so thanks for being on the show sean and uh we'll we'll wrap up now so thank you awesome thanks guys we're proud to be working with hockey equality hockey equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to share this story with your kids, then check out My Hockey Hero. It's shorter and suitable for the whole family. You can click the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Podstarter production. production.